Welcome to This Is Geocaching, a podcast designed to bring you educational tidbits about geocaching to give you and your geocaching community a better experience. I'm your host, Lost Boy Rambler with... Well, I first just have to interject and say I hate the word tidbits. It sounds awful. Man, everyone loves little tidbits. (laughs) I'm Whitney. And Merry Christmas on this holiday season. We finally are back together to record another episode and arranged for a way for us to record when we are back apart here very soon. Because he can't wait to leave me to go back to Korea. That is not true. On this episode, we're going to talk about hiding a geocache. But this episode is brought to you with support from Practical Geocaching. They source products from the USA and ship straight to you from the great state of Kentucky. Practical Geocaching, looking to raise quality of geocaches in the field by providing quality geocache supplies without looking to get rich doing it. You can find them at practicalgeocaching.com. That sounds so practical. It's practical. It's practically practical. Perfect. (laughs) All right. So on with the episode about hiding your geocache. Some things you want to keep in mind is knowing what types of caches there are. So when you go to publish it and upload it to the website, you can select the right type, whether it's a mystery cache or a traditional or... A spoiler cache? Is that a thing? That's not a cache. That's not a cache. I was just (laughs) testing you. Yeah, you passed. Congratulations. You're not a muggle. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Plan your location. Uh, The big thing about that is don't just throw a cache out there to throw a cache out there, but you want to bring people to that location, whether there be something interesting about it or... So you're saying you wouldn't want to just accidentally place a cache at a, uh, I don't know, a landfill with garbage. No, that would definitely not be a fun place to go digging around. Behind a dumpster. (laughs) Well, depending what's behind the dumpster. In a really bad area of town. Probably in a not. Sketchy back alley. With some needles and stuff. Yes. Some unsafe for children areas. <laughs> that sounds fascinatingly wonderful. Exactly. Um, so pick a good location, somewhere you think people are going to want to go and see. Once you get there, uh, make sure you get accurate coordinates. Get more than one reading of the coordinates and compare. And the longer you leave the device sit in one location, the more accurate the coordinates will be. Now, what if I don't want to use a device for my coordinates, but instead I'm going to calculate my coordinates based on the location of the sun and the moon in the sky no one will ever find it (laughs) good to know because even if you use either there's cell phone apps and things like that or if you use the cashly app you can drop a pin at that location and it'll give you the coordinates there but it's always best before you use those coordinates is to verify them off of uh, google maps is what Uh, i like to do now just remember boys and girls littering is not good so after you drop that pin pick it back up So if you type in the coordinates you're planning on using right into Google Maps, it'll it'll drop a pin on that location and you can sort of compare and then you pick that pin back up, you know. That way we stay eco-friendly around yeah, here. Yes, save the turtles. But you, you can compare how they look. Uh, you also want to keep in mind to obey local laws and get permission when needed for the location of where you're placing the cash. Yeah, if you have an angry neighbor Larry and you just want to, you know, stick it to him and put it in his bushes so people are going to be digging in his bushes all the time, you might want to check with Larry first. True, because that could violate a local law of trespassing on Larry's property. Larry is known to bitch about everything. (laughs) Larry is a jerk. (laughs) Hypothetical, we don't know a Larry, but I'm sure you might. Definitely not. All right, and then pick uh, up your dog crap, Larry. That's all we're (laughs) going on. (laughs) 
While placing your cache, you wanna make sure that it is outside the minimum distance between caches, which is 526 feet or 161 meters, which is also 0.1 miles, depending how you wanna look at it. And now, is, would it be um, my lady feet or your manly feet? The 12 inches. <laughs> <laughs> the 12 inch, the standard 12 inches. So I can't measure it just by, you know, heel to toe. Too. You could if you want to walk 526 steps. Who doesn't? <laughs> all right. Uh, some other basic rules, and you can find all these online, but you're not allowed to bury a cache. You cannot damage property to place your cache. And do not harm plants, animals, or the environment. This includes placing the cache would increase foot traffic in that area. So you don't want it in the center of some beautiful rose garden mm. or like a public park because... Now let's say you have a cache and there is a hypothetical stray cat with no tail named Theon Greyjoy. Okay. And you want to put said cache on cat. <laughs> Maybe if the cat was dead and wasn't gonna move from the court. Doesn't that violate some type of law to put a cache on a dead guy? I'm talking a lot. Now is that possible? It could be like a trackable because you gotta track it. Where's the cat going now? That's not a trackable. We've talked about trackables. <laughs> What I'm talking about is you don't want to put it in a uh, blue bonnet field that you're pretty partial to. Okay, let me just tell you about the Texas blue bonnets. It's illegal to pick them, all right? What about step on them? Because you're trying to find a cache. I mean, you might get bitch slapped by a Texan, but sure, go for it. So that would go against local laws then? I mean, maybe? it's not locally a law, but it's like an unspoken law. <laughs> just go with is it. Is that even a real law then? No! <laughs> All right, so keep that in mind to not step on. Placing a cache could increase foot traffic to the area, mm. probably will, so you don't want to, to damage the environment in that way. Also, stay away from restricted areas when you place your cache. This includes railroad tracks or the White House, for example. What about military installation? Mil they're not allowed on military installation. But yeah, there's actually a certain distance. I think it's actually the 526 feet, like the same as distance between caches, but it has mm. to be that far away from a military installation Got it. or across a road. What about national parks? Can I put a cache in a national park? Because I would really like for Nicolas Cage to try to find like a national treasure, right? <laughs> <laughs> no? I, I don't think you can. I think you used to be able to, and then they did away with it. But like now I'm not sure, so I might have to cut this entire section out. <laughs> because I, <laughs> you're like fact checking me, and uh, I'm not sure. I want to say, I want to say you can't. But um, if you know the answer, shoot us a message because yes. I'm probably not going to go back and look it up after. I this. don't think you should. I mean, and who wants to be right all the time? So maybe have some wrong stuff in here too. Just spice it up a little bit. <laughs> like test me. You never know. Am I right? <laughs> is it true or am I lying? Some other stuff to keep in mind is don't hide your cash far away from your home because you'll need to conduct maintenance on the cash as it's your responsibility as a cash owner. So if it's 10 miles away from your house, in a direction you never go. Actually, 10 miles isn't that far. 10 miles is not all right. far if at you all. Go on if you go on vacation, this is better. If you go on vacation to uh, the Bermuda Triangle. Which, let's not do that. We all get lost. That's true. I mean, They'll never find Earhart. your cash if you hide in the Bermuda Triangle. But if you the go there and you're like, you know what? This needs a cash here. Yes. Uh, don't do it. Because then the second you leave and go back home, you're going to have to either never conduct maintenance on it or try to reach out to locals in the area what to conduct maintenance for you. What if you created a long-distance cash clan who, you know, you could place 
caches in areas that you did not live or reside close to, and then your clash cash can clan snake. <laughs> well, that's a tongue twister. I swear I'm not drunk. They could go and get it for you, like a support group for cashers, but a good one. That just sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> so if this exists, shoot him a message. Because he doesn't think it exists, but I feel like it does. I'm sure they. I'm sure you could work it out. Um, just because cashiers are everywhere, so you might know a cashier in that area that could check on it for you. But why place it and then rely on them? It just that's not how like, it's intended to. You could do it, but that's the hard way. And if you kept, if you kept messaging me every month because there were some DNFs on a cache, like hey, can you go check if it's still there? I'd get pretty sick of it. Oh. But. So don't wear out your welcome with the geocachers because apparently they have a really short fuse. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and also caches cannot promote any agenda. For example, the in the name or description of the cache, you cannot list any brand names like Starbucks if you place the cache outside of Starbucks. What or if I was promoting my political agenda and I named my cache Trump 2020? Let's keep America great. No, you can't do that. I can't. Because it's an agenda. What if it's not an agenda, but facts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it still counts as an agenda. So even a, I don't even think a local Boy Scout club would uh, would count if you included that in the name or description. I've placed caches at, I mean, I have a cache at a Dunkin' Donuts and it's called something about bean juice, but it doesn't say coffee or stop here for food or. And after education on all the information you enter on the cache page, you can also see episode two for some explanations of the items on the cache page. Okay, I've placed my cache. I've made my list, I've checked it twice. I've decided I've been naughty this year. What do I do now? After entering all the information you enter on the cash page, submit it to the reviewer. Keep in mind the reviewer is a volunteer from your area or region and may provide some feedback before publishing your cash. This is nothing personal, so work with your reviewer. It's always best to keep good relations with the reviewer. What if you hate your reviewer and they're a hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that might be true, but typically, other reviewers, if they don't publish your cash, is just to help you, and they should give an explanation on the rules that it violates or some tips. Some things that they might even say is you can't put it in this location. There's another geocache within the 526 feet. And you're like, no, there's not. I'm looking at the map. Well, what if that's the location of a mystery cache? Or what if the reviewer just wanted to place a cache there, and so they lied and told you that you couldn't just so they could take that spot anyway? What do you do then? <laughs> Wow, what is this conspiracy theory podcast? I mean, I. My reviewer hates me. He just wanted to use that location, so he denied it. Is there a way to combat the reviewer? Is there a is there a reviewer over the reviewer? There's always a boss to a boss. Uh, how do I get in contact with this man? If you just reach out Where? to Geocaching HQ and say my reviewer is a jerk and bullying me. All right, it's good. But to they're know. there to help. So they go through, they know the rules and all that better than you. That's what they volunteer to do to keep this game that we love wonderful. Would you re would you really even call it a game? I feel like it's so much more than a game. It's like a sport. It's like a live action sport. Is it like a lifestyle? It's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so once you submit the cash page for review, add a reviewer's note. 
uh, describe your cache, the location, container, how it's hidden. The more information you give the reviewer, the fewer questions they have, and it'll speed up the process because they look at it and they're not sure, and then they gotta message you and you answer it and go back and forth. That's all time that they could have just, bam, hit, hit publish on it. What if your reviewer solicits you for money in order to publish it faster? I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that will never happen. Well then don't make me a reviewer, that's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. But now let's assume that your cash got published and you're live now. Your job as a cash owner is to keep the cash in good shape. You have to monitor the logs. Now every log that's logged on your cash, you'll get an email for. So that'll give you a hint in the condition of it, assuming that you get some good logs and not just some TFTCs. I always like to leave in my logs the condition of the cash so the cash owner knows. Be like, hey, it's in great shape. Logs getting a TFTC. Tacos, chicken, fajitas. Well, that would have teriyaki. been taco, fajita, chicken, teriyaki. Don't confuse me, man. No, what does this stand for for us muggles out there? Uh, well, there's actually an entire song made from the Travel Bugs. If you look it up, it's on Spotify and everywhere else called TFTC. Standardly, it's thanks for the cash. Mm. But the song goes on to say thanks for the coordinates. Oh, oh, damn. I don't remember all of it, but it's an entire song. Thanks for the chicken? Thanks for the chick. If Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the kern. Thanks for the coordinates. Now I know where to go. Thanks for the clue. I could use a little help, you know. Thanks for the comments. Sounds like quite a stash. Thanks for the creativity. Thanks for the cash. So you should be conducting maintenance. <laughs> Jumping back on topic. So you should be conducting maintenance <laughs> and post a maintenance conducted log when it needs it. Or just to let people know that, that it's it's still being actively taken care of. Now let me ask you a question. Sure, I'm scared. Go ahead. Say that there has been a monsoon okay. in the area. Yep. Crazy flooding. And, yep. for, and, and just raging winds and lightning and thunder and just just horrific weather. Just as bad as you can imagine. After the storm, would you suggest to go check on your cash? <laughs> All that for that? Yeah, yeah, you probably should. You should do it regularly too. If it goes a significant amount of time before anyone finds it, you can go check it and just leave a note on the page, a note log, and say, hey, I came out, checked it, or the maintenance conducted. Wouldn't you feel like for people who can't find it, if you would go and leave a note on your page saying, hey, it's still here, don't you think that's almost rubbing it in the faces of people who can't find it? Like, ha, huh, you suck, it's still here, you just are really bad at this. No, that's like everyone who says, leaves logs, and it's so easy to find, oh, quick grab, parking grab, super easy, and I'm out there for 45 minutes and I can't find it. That's well, a slap in the face to me. I mean, let's just say, but you won't quit. Just letting him know, that it's still there mm. because I like to go back and avenge my DNFs and he's an avenger. He is I try. He is like a geocaching avenger. If if the Avengers had like a geocaching spin-off on that, <laughs> you would definitely be well, one. Thank you, thank you. You got the Tony Stark esque like like goatee, but it's <laughs> it's only partial because That's you, the mustache. You just got a mustache. Yep. And some of your other responsibilities as a cash owner is to check it. Um, if the cache says that there's trackables inside and there's not anymore, then you have to go in and mark them as missing. Uh, delete logs that are false or inappropriate. 
So I can't draw t- no. on the log sheet. No, you can't. Am I allowed to say t- on your podcast? We'll leave it. We'll see if anybody complains. Question. Yeah. I, at the same time that I am in the mood to hide a cache, I am also in the mood to do some bomb baking. I have made the most amazing banana nut bread. I want to put some in my cache as a gift for the first person to find it. Am I allowed to do that? No. Just the same as going out and finding caches and leaving swag, you're not allowed to leave food items in there. But then I have to ask you, if you went and found a geocache with an FTF and it had some bomb banana nut bread in there, would you eat it? Yeah. I mean, how could you you not? You are a rebel. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, you want to mark trackables as missing if they're not actually in the cache container when you go to check on it. Delete logs that are false or inappropriate. And it's courteous to reach out to the cacher and explain why you deleted their log. Some of these things, the description might say you must sign the log and then somebody logs it digitally and says, oh, I forgot a pen. Well, if you put in the description and made it clear that you had to sign the physical log in order to get credit, then it only is fair that you delete their electronic log that says that they had found it. But it's always courteous to reach out to them and let them know why. Sometimes there's a mix up. I ran into a case where I tried calling somebody out because they didn't sign the log and I sent pictures of it, but it turns out that somebody left a drop container close by because they couldn't find the original one and I was wrong. But at least I reached out to them. I was like, hey, I don't think that you actually found this cash. And then they, the whole thing got squashed. You know, feelings were hurt, but in the end, we all lived on. Are you sure you did? No, I'm still a little bitter. Oh, well. Another thing to keep in mind is changes to the cash can be made after publishing, but should not violate any of the rules or the cash will get archived. So for example, we talked about it can't support an agenda. You can't get a cash published and then change the name to Starbucks is gross because it's right outside of a Dunkin' Donuts. I think that's the name of an awesome cash. But then again, I like Starbucks. You do. Dunkin's good for donuts, but come on. They're don't co- they're don't play with way coffee. Better. Don't you say that. Back on topic. You can also go in and change the difficulty terrain rating. Now this might be done early on in the cache's life. However, you have to keep in mind that if you go in and you change the difficulty terrain. Wait your wait wait a second. No, I this is what? right on topic with your terrain. Say you you make it right, and it is a difficult terrain. You may put that it's you know not that difficult because you're in excellent shape. But you know sideways Sally comes up and she, she's trying to get this, and all of a sudden it's difficult for her. She falls because she's sideways Sally. She hurts herself. Are you liable? No. That's good to know. Yeah. So definitely I, not. Neither is geocaching. HQ or anybody else. So is there some type of, you know, wave release that Sally has to sign before she... I'm sure it's in the policy of just accepting that there's risks out there and and you're assuming your own risks. So Sideways Sally, if you are listening to this, don't do any kind of difficult terrain geocaching. Stick to your Sideways games. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good point though, because when you set... So when you set the difficulty terrain rating, it might be under your conditions and what you think, maybe, and the region you're in. So as I talked about on the difficulty terrain rating episode, different places mean different things on the difficulty terrain scale. But let's say you think it's going to be super easy to find or super hard. And then as people go and try to find it, they might make suggestions to you or be like, hey, this is a little harder than it originally led on to. Or if everyone says, oh, super easy, super easy, you know, quick grab, and you have the 
the difficulty rating set at 4 or 4.5, then you maybe should bump it down. But it's best to monitor that early on or ask somebody else before you even publish it. It's like the mountain goat thing. These mountain goats make it look effortless to just frolic down a mountainside. But if we as people tried to frolic down that mountainside, we would break all of the bones in our body and quite possibly die. But it's so easy for these mountain goats with these hoofs and things. Are you, are you insinuating mountain goats over man? For frolicking down a mountainside, you're damn straight I am. This is all some wonderfully great information. Now that I feel like I have all the tools in front of me to utilize a great hiding of my geocaches, is there a cutoff time in the day that I can't hide one anymore? Or if I get a wild hair at 2.45 in the evening, morning, to hide one, can I hide it at that point? You can hide it at any time. It's just best that before you click publish and it goes to the reviewer, that you actually have placed the cache there. Because all of these things you should have already went out out and got the coordinates, verify the coordinates on another method. I use Google Maps and I type the coordinates in there and see where it pops up, but that should already be done beforehand. So you could go out at night. Maybe if you want to make a specific night cache, you want to judge the ability to get to the area or to see the cache in the dark, you know, using flashlights or whatever. So if it's designed for finding at night, then yeah. That might be something that would actually help you. What if I wanted to hide an underwater geocache? Am I allowed to do that? You could do it. I just have to put in the description where your scuba gear. Mm -hmm. There's actually an attribute for that. What? And then it would make, there's just a little scuba, scuba required. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that seems like it would go against your uh, previous statement of don't put it somewhere that's difficult to maintain. What if you scuba all the time? Like a regular scuba? Uh -huh. you scuba on the regular? Like I don't, ha I don't have a boat, so I wouldn't borrow a boat and place a cache somewhere on a lake that I needed, like on an island of a lake, and then give my buddy's boat back because I don't have a boat. So I wouldn't be able to regularly maintain that. People who have canoes and boats and stuff, they can do it. Because it's easier for them to maintain. Because they would have do it. it. I would. I do would it. do it if I had one. I'm gonna buy you boat shoes. You can walk on the water. <laughs> I don't think that's how those. Have work. you ever seen Ever After? No. Yes, but no. You remember? We are getting so far off top. I know. Boat shoes, people. That's all I'm gonna say. Boat shoes. Don't listen to her. They don't work like she's saying. Yes. They do. She's here to lead you astray. I'm here to to add viewpoints from a beginner or a muggle that is drug along to every freaking geocache <laughs> with their husband who has to learn about this stuff because I don't have a choice. Just kidding, I love it. That's marriage, baby. Oh, man. All right. Thank you for all this beautiful, helpful insight. All right, I'm glad we could finally put another episode again. And we ha now have the means, and hopefully we'll try long distance, like across the planet from each other, and mm -hmm. keep some of these episodes rolling more often now. Just keep in mind, there is a 15-hour time difference, so one of us is going to be entirely pissed off during each episode. <laughs> yes, it'll probably be me, the one who has to stay up until the middle of the night to record it, but uh, I want to make it work. I'm your host. Lost Boy Rambler, and this is Geocaching. And I'm your co-host, Whitney, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. I did not say it like that! <laughs> Alright, happy holidays, everybody. Hopefully we can get this pushed out soon, and I hope you get some time to spend with your loved ones. And uh, keep in mind, we got uh, 
the two souvenirs coming up at the end of the year the last day new year's what's it uh, i think it's like the 31st every year or something it falls on that new year's it varies every year it falls on a different day but yeah yeah um but it whatever the day might be if you find a geocache or attend an event on that day then you get the special souvenir and then also on the first you get the uh, first of 2020 souvenir merry christmas <laughs> And this is Geocaching. Thanks for hanging on there as hard as you did. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Chrysler. <laughs>